Welcome to Collier's Talks, a podcast series featuring the latest trends, insights, research, and developments in commercial real estate in Canada and beyond. Hi, I'm Madeline Nichols, Managing Director of Collier's Brokerage Group in the GTA. As part of our retail signature series for Collier's Talks, we are presenting a segment called the Neighborhood Retail Spotlight, where we highlight local businesses that help shape the neighborhoods in which they operate and add a unique flavor to the communities they serve. We speak with them on their strategies, challenges, and innovations at present and beyond. Welcome. Welcome to the Neighborhood Spotlight Series. I'm Zoe Adi Babinski with the Collier's Retail Practice Group. And joining me today is Tolga Yalsin, who is the head chef and co-owner of The Good Pork on Dundas West. Good Fork is a delicious locavore bistro that's been serving the community since 2011 and also happens to have a 4.9 Uber Eats rating. Welcome, Tolga. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. Um, And just to begin, are you able to share a little bit of your background and how you first started The Good Fork? Um, So we started in 2011. We were in a different area, Bloor and Jane neighborhood. Uh, we were, uh, so we started, me and my brother started that just, it started a conversation and ended up being like actually coming true and like ran, kind of very randomly because my brother was never in the industry. He was a construction worker, but I was always in the industry since I was 16, pretty much. So I kind of wrestled him into the uh, get, opening a restaurant with me and we were there from 2011 to about 2019. So end of so beginning of 2019, and we were there for eight years, and then we moved over to Dundas West and uh, Dufferin area, which we are right now. Um, so yeah, we've been around for almost 10 years, coming up in August. Uh, we're like a Turkish-inspired restaurant, more so as we progress, uh, as we grow, like as we get a little bit older, we end up uh, tapping into our roots a little bit more than ever. And and can you share also, uh, I guess, what your connection and, and what your roots are to Turkey? So me, my brother, and my sister were all born in Turkey. Uh, we came here in 93. I was about seven years old. So I do have some memories and some, like, uh, some memories of being in Turkey. Because we come from a village of 100 people, literally. Uh, then we came from that to... A huge city like Toronto. I remember like it was March of 1993 and there was like it seemed like 10 feet of snow when I came here and and I pretty much grew up here uh, in Toronto. I've been here for 25 years now but lately we've been I've I've been getting back into my roots when it comes to even when it comes to music uh, food and just trying to tap into that a little bit more. That's amazing. And also in the um, the way that you designed the your new location on Dundas, um, you kind of brought that that Turkish. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful space. So hopefully people will be able to go and enjoy it sooner rather than later. Yeah, like we moved here in 2019. Was it November? So by March 2020, we had opened by five months and had to close for was about seven weeks we had closed so we we really haven't had a proper 
uh, time to like settle into this new space. Like we haven't had a proper summer because literally we opened for five months and had to shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And so COVID has meant that you've needed to pivot your business multiple times over the past year. So in what ways has your business changed? Well, that one word is like, I think every like restaurateur is like being that p- word pivot. It's just like, cause that's, it's like, I, like as a restaurant, restaurant workers, all we do is just adjust all the time. There's always something going wrong. There's always something you have to look after. So, but this is a much bigger problem that we're dealing with. So I think it shows like the resilience of people and how they, how well they can adapt. Like since we've opened, so we closed for seven weeks and we opened in like mid-May. In the beginning, it was me, my partner, my brother, and my, and our friend house manager. And that was it. And we were doing our own deliveries. Like not, we would have like, two orders a day and just like that kind of really stressed us all out then as the weather starting get a little bit nicer and we were allowed the patio up front it kind of like it was nice to see people in here and then we had like a very short period of where people were dining in and then that stopped again and within everything we were adjusting in the fact that when it was dining we were we had to put up plexiglass we got air purifiers we took out some tables then when it came down to the patio we have to acquire patio furniture we have to acquire umbrellas and it's just like everything every time we adjust it it, it, it it's another cost to us really mm-hmm. and i know you you mentioned in our previous conversation that um before takeout made about 10 percent of your business and yeah. now it's a hundred percent so yeah. What's the most challenging part of operating a restaurant that's 100% takeout? Honestly, it's it's kind of, we don't, like, our food is not meant to be put in a box and travel. So we have to adjust recipes. We have to figure out ways of packaging, which which it, it's it's kind of our new normal right now. But back then, we're like, how the hell are we going to do this? How are we going to keep up with it? Like, at, at the moment, we're doing, like, less than a quarter of our sales but it's it feels so much harder because it take a just i don't know it just the the idea the process of packaging it up and like making sure everybody each bag gets the correct amount of stuff that nothing's missing on this one it's just 10 times more frustrating for quarter of the benefits of what it is and beyond that there's a fees of like we're paying thousands of dollars a month in fees to Uber because that's our number one uh, form of orders coming in for us. And if you were to elaborate a little bit more on your experience uh, working with the third-party delivery services, you know, like Uber Eats, what has that been like? Honestly, we never had any experience like that before. In the beginning, we had started with something called Ambassador, which is a Toronto-based app which is a pickup only service. So that one was, it was by a local restaurateur. His name is Nav and he owns a place called, uh, sorry, I forget the name. Little, of place. little Missing on uh, yeah, Miss Queen Things, West. Yes, yes, exactly. And he approached us and we signed up with him and we've been with him ever since pretty much the beginning when we reopened. And that one is amazing because it's no commission, one monthly fee, and that was it. But when it comes down to Uber Eats, it was like it's a whole nother ball game where the more sales you have, the bigger your fees are because they take a percentage. So right now we're about 
I think we're at 20% of sales goes to Uber. That's in the beginning, chunk. it was third. In the beginning, it was 30 and they were mandated to cut it down to 20%. Wow. And that's a huge chunk. Yeah. And if you consider restaurants, is... like average profit margins are like three to 5%. So when you take 20% of that, it just, it doesn't work. Like it's not as sustainable at all. Like without these extra help we get through wage subsidy and a rent subsidy, we wouldn't have been able to survive with just Uber. It's just, it doesn't make any business sense. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It's uh, just the survival mode. Yeah, we just don't have any choice right now. Like we can't do our own deliveries because everything else will crumble if we did. And so how has your role as the head chef changed now that you're operating a 100% takeout kitchen? Honestly, it's it's interesting because it's hard to gauge when you're going to be busy and when you're not. It's hard, to, like when you're open as a restaurant, we're limited to the amount of seats we have, which is 72. Like you, you'll see the people coming in, you'll see you have a wait list, you have reservations, and then you can plan accordingly. But now it's like, anything can happen like you can have a day where you have no orders and you can have a day where 50 orders come in within 10 minutes because with uber there's no there's no staggering it's like the whole city is able to order from you so it's it's kind of it's it's hard to gauge what you're coming up with but you figure out you have your flows and like when you're obviously weekends are gonna be busier than weekdays but which weekday is the worst and which weekday is the best and it goes from there and how do you ensure that you and your staff don't get burned out with this type of a schedule? So the good thing that came out of this was we implemented a four day work week for everybody. That's amazing. So and it works out where everybody gets pretty much the same amount of hours that they would working five days a week. They just work like two, three hours more a day, which everybody's up for to get that three days off because having that extra day off is just a huge boost for your mental health and for your physical health really to because you're on your feet all day and you're mm-hmm. working hard all day so be able to recover from your job and have a life outside of work is we're really like pushing into that for all of our staff right now that's great news um and i can imagine that it would make a huge difference as well yeah it's like honestly for most cooks it's they have two days off it's usually how it works is they have the one day to kind of recover and like from all the tiredness of working five days and the second day they kind of have time to do it on their own then then they're back to work the next day but having that extra day is just like it doesn't seem like much but it's it's huge when it comes down to like an extra day off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know aside from uh, from the your restaurant operations you know the other aspect uh that you know that I've heard from a lot of tenants and business owners across the city uh, is some some kind of horror stories with their landlords throughout this time. So I'm curious what your relationship with your landlord has been throughout COVID. Honestly, it's been pretty incredible, and we're super thankful for it. And honestly, I was incredibly surprised because this is our building. We're we're on the main floor of a apartment building so and it's owned by uh, Sun Life Financial which is managed by Bentel Kennedy so they're massive companies and we're thinking we're brand new like we just opened this place with a huge amount of debt from building it from scratch and then 
this comes along we're like we can't keep this up like we have two houses on on the loans for this place we're like we can't just give up on it so we're we tried as much as we could but it still didn't work out and then our landlord came through with like they're like pretty much here's the deal is like you guys we know you're struggling um pay us when you can we'll keep in contact and when it came even down when it came down to christmas time they bought gift cards for every tenant in the building above us which is huge and they've been really supportive and always checking in on us and help helping us get through everything that's so positive that's a, yeah, a so wonderful story lucky. yeah and I, but i have heard like hundreds of like dozens of stories about people just being like left on their own and there's people who couldn't um they don't qualify for like rent subsidies because they opened after march or things like that right so mm -hmm. those are the people I, I feel for you know definitely well uh I'm, I'm glad that you have a great great relationship with your landlord and that they've been supportive like that yeah definitely it's been a huge help like definitely it's like another scenario if this wasn't the case we wouldn't be still open right now and tolga to finish one last question yeah what's your favorite item on the menu uh my favorite item honestly it changes all the time lately i've been like eating a lot of huevos rancheros because i'm just because <laughs> it has like guac and like sour cream and like eggs and like crispy tostadas but i always go back to my like hummus bowl which has like always been our one of our top sellers i, I nibble on the pancakes like i i go all over the place because we used to have such a large menu, we used to have like 50, 60 items. Now we're down to like 22 items. So it's really compressed down to like our staff's favorites, our customer favorites and stuff we really like to cook. So I like, I go all over the place. I don't have a favorite child yet. Well, one thing that I wanted to share with you before, uh, before I say goodbye is um, something that your chef, David, who's been working with you yeah. for, I think, almost three years. Yeah. How he, what he thinks of working with you. Okay. Hi, this is David Taylor. I worked at the Good Fork for about two and a half years under Tolga and Alley, and I have to say they are the main reason I keep working there. Um, in terms of bosses, and they're probably the best I've ever had. In my out of all jobs I've worked, they're um, unusually exemplary in terms of support for their workers. They care. If you need time off, they'll give it to you. They just they as much as they want to run their business without like as smoothly as possible. They totally understand when personal matters arise. They make an effort to make everyone feel wanted and like essential and extremely generous with um with what i think it just uh got cut off by accident there but yeah. uh yeah tolga thank you so much for for joining well, me nice today to <laughs> yeah it's uh good to know right sometimes people don't vocalize um how, how they feel when it's really great yeah at the end of the day we just treat everybody like a human being and that's all people want yeah well we look is. forward to being able to you know visit you guys when the doors are open and also 
uh, as you know, I've uh, ordered from you before and really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Collier's Talks podcast. To learn more about Collier's Canada, our experts, and our solutions, visit colliercanada.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.